Episode 76 with one of the top criminal and defense attorneys in Northeast Ohio, Larry Zuckerman. And really appreciate Larry's time shedding light into his practice, what it's like to defend people in the high-stakes world of criminal law, regardless of what it is. He specializes in a, quite a few areas of the law, him and his partners and his, and his team that he's built at his practice. And uh, it was nice to get a chance to hear about what goes into it behind the scenes, the emotional aspect of it, the mentality that you have to have, uh, his thoughts on some of the Netflix stuff like Making a Murderer and the Serial Podcast, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we get into a bunch of different topics in this 30-minute conversation, and uh, undoubtedly he shared a lot of information. You could see just by sitting with him why he is as successful as he is. So uh, as always, folks, without further ado, please sit back, relax, and welcome the one and only Larry Zuckerman. The Optimal Life. So I appreciate you coming, man. How's how's life treating you? Life is great. Yeah, life is great. Busy, happy, skiing. Got uh, got a trip into uh, Steamboat Springs a couple weeks ago, and I'm going again. Steamboat Springs. You're yeah. always skiing. I Every like time to I talk ski. to you. Well, you know, when you get to we be don't my talk age, very often. But we don't, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, when you get to be my age, you have to squeeze everything in. Yes, you do. So life uh, goes fast, man. It flies by, man. I can't believe it. Like I'm 58 years old. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, my kids are old and, you know, my wife and I live in this house with three dogs and we um, get to do whatever we you want. You guys are empty, empty nesters? Totally empty nesters. Really? Absolutely. Wow. Got one kid in uh, in uh, Tel Aviv. She now lives in Tel Aviv. She made Aliyah. Uh, and uh, she moved from uh, Jerusalem to Tel Aviv and then... My daughter lived in Manhattan with her son, with her husband, my son-in-law, and they just moved back in May. And uh, my son lives here, so we got uh, two two kids, one in-law, and uh, three wow. dogs. Never a dull moment, Never. huh? <laughs> and and it's not like you're busy at work or anything. I'm swamped. <laughs> I wanted to bring like you- this morning. I had a phone call at at five fifty-seven a.m. from a co-counsel. On a case, because uh-huh. we had to get a motion filed by eight thirty this morning, so uh, so it's uh, you know. So, what's a day in the life? What's a day in the life at work, or is there no such thing? So I try I try to have a routine, and um, because I've become a little bit more selfish about me, um, and I felt that if I'm going to live long, I have to start taking care, taking more care of myself, both. Uh, you know, spiritually and physically. So a day in the life is uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm up probably about 5.30 in the morning, take my dogs out, feed them, get ready for my day, pack up my bags, and I go work out downtown Mm -hmm. uh, for an hour with a trainer. And uh, I'm usually in quarter by nine on Monday, uh, Wednesday, and Friday. Tuesday and Thursday, I I go to court, and by 12.15, I, I go to a spinning class. Good for and then you. Uh, every Friday night before Shabbos, I go to a spinning class. Then every Sunday morning, and I go to a spinning class. Those spinning classes are freaking hard. They're crazy, man. They're a blast. You're burning like a thousand calories in an hour. I have no... Nah, not me. Maybe seven. Not you. Not me. You're going at a very light pace, huh? <laughs> not me. Maybe you. <laughs> but but those classes are hard. No, they're and great. And you're sweating like a... I mean, right? Absolutely. Where do, you, where do you spin at? Anywhere? So, uh, two places. Uh-huh. You know, when you get yeah. to be my age, you get to have many places. You get places. to do multiple. You get you you lose you lose more weight at one place than the other. Is that how it works? Not particularly. I just just like the variety. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and, and the weekdays I go to this place called it's now called Trilogy. It used to be called Veda's, 
and before that it was the Club at Key Tower. Okay. And then on uh, Friday nights and Sundays I go to a place called One to One Fitness down in uh, uh, the University Circle area. I'm a professor at the law school, so uh, I get cheap, uh, a cheap membership. What do you there. teach at law school? I teach criminal pretrial practice. Okay. At Case and at Cleveland Marshall, I'm now a professor there. I'm professor at two wow. schools now. Yeah. And uh, you graduated from where? From Case. Okay. So it's funny, you know, yeah. a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, is uh, is uh, Michael Borden. He's the number two guy at Marshall. Another friend of mine, Lee Fisher, is number one. Borden's in charge of the curriculum. So he and I were having lunch uh, in December, and I, I went to Korea House. That's a place you have to go to where you don't talk to anybody after you eat there because it's all garlic, right? <laughs> so uh, so I, I'm, I'm lamenting how upset I am that, that my dean at, at, at uh, Case, where I've taught for 25 years, won't teach a class I want to teach. Uh -huh. Just basically said, nah, we're not interested in that. So I said to Borden, he, you know, he said, what, what is it? And I told him, he goes, we'll do that. I said, what? He goes, oh, we'll do that. I said, okay. So he said, all right, so you'll teach on Tuesdays at 4.15 to 6.15. I mean. No kidding, just like that. that. That was Just it. like this. Yeah. So. That's, uh, uh, that's why Marshall's always so superior to everything else. Well, um, I'm having a blast. Because I went to Marshall. Uh, that's I graduated what, from Marshall. You know what? It, it doesn't matter where you go, I think. It's just it's so what true. you do with it's it. It's so true. It's so true. So, uh, I, you know, I just think if you graduate from one of the Ivy Leagues, you get a bigger springboard. But uh, yes. I can honestly say I make more money than most of those people. I have no so doubt I, you do, man. You, so you've been practicing <laughs> criminal law for how long? 33 years. Is it all criminal or there's some civil aspects? So it's, mostly, it. it's mostly criminal. We do a lot of licensure defense. I represent uh, lawyers. I represent doctors. I represent judges, politicians. So a lot of that, um, a lot of white collar work, um, a lot of, uh, you know, nasty business litigation where there are criminal, possible criminal elements to it. So Okay. And do you guys, your practice in general, are you guys doing a little bit of all criminal or is it mostly what you just said? I mean, is there is there the rape, the murder, those kind of things? So I, you know, it's bizarre how my practice evolved. I do a lot of um, internet crime crimes, mm -hmm. allegations, and I do a lot of sex allegations. And uh, I, I do murder. You do? I do murder. <laughs> I do white collar crime. And, you know, we do a lot of constitutional issues. So we do a lot, by virtue of that, we do a lot of drug cases, search cases, uh, Fourth Amendment cases. Uh huh. So you guys are doing everything? A lot. I mean, a lot of, a lot of you're covering a lot of the criminal aspects of, of yeah. the law. Yeah. What do you find the hardest to defend? The most difficult? Yes. Uh, the, the, I guess the most difficult, as in emotional difficult, is is representing an absolutely innocent person, because I mean, every case has just such a strain. Right. But if you have somebody who's absolutely innocent and is, has everything to lose, it's uh, it's an awesome, awesome as I mean, overwhelming responsibility. Sure. So. And when you know in your heart of hearts that this person is truly innocent. I mean, there's got to be times where you have clients that you believe are innocent, but you could see how maybe the other side believes that they're not. And I'm sure there's times you have clients where you know in your heart of hearts that this is guy, this guy didn't do it, or he didn't do exactly what they're charging him for. 
So how do you how do you handle those cases emotionally? I mean, well, emotionally, I just deal with it. I mean, it's not my job to put my client in jail. It's not my job to force my client to plead guilty. It's my job to defend my client, and and that's what I do. I really don't differentiate between clients on our effort. My efforts is one hundred and ten percent. It is everything. Mm -hmm. We don't, you know. I mean, whatever it takes, legally and ethically, but whatever it takes. Have so, you ever had a have you ever had a client where you feel uh, where you guys have lost a trial that you believe in your heart of hearts truly 100% was, was wrongfully convicted? convicted? Yes. Only one. Okay. Ricky Freeman. I still remember the kid's name. And it was a, a jury trial. Uh, and um, the jury hung on one count, found him not guilty on another count, and guilty of another count. And uh, many years later, I was representing a. a a gentleman who's in our community, a nice Jewish guy, and he said to me, he goes, you know where I'm hiring you? I said, no. He said, you did a great job in that Ricky Freeman case. And I looked at him, I said, well, you, you look familiar. He goes, yeah, I was the foreman. And I, and I was just, wow. I, I, I was just, how did you do this? He said, well, you know, most people wanted to acquit him, but the, I thought he was guilty, and I convinced him to at least find him guilty of something. And... Um, Blew my mind. Really? Yeah. So is he still in prison, Ricky? No, he's out. He's out now. Yeah. I find it fascinating. You know I've always found criminal law fascinating. Right. You and I met years ago, and you were kind enough to take the time. Uh, that's something that I've just always been intrigued by, because I feel like if I went into practicing law, that would be the area of law that I would accelerate in, because I like the high-paced, high-stakes kind of feeling i mean it the, that that angst that you feel like this is real real stuff people's lives are on the line that's and these people deserve representation uh one of the things that i've always been uh kind of kept my eye on is that innocence project right so you're great, familiar great, with that great great movement so what exactly is it so it is um professor out of cincinnati who's got a staff that works for him it's funded and they have lawyers and law students throughout the state of throughout the United States of America and they try to bring forth evidence where people can be exonerated for example DNA now and DNA now has been used to exonerate people you know it's interesting everybody looks at progress with a negative view okay. and I've always embraced it I said change is always good, and I still always believe change is good. So when the government came out with the use of DNA evidence to convict, uh, you know, Diker and I used it to acquit. And um, Diker's your partner, former partner. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, in a murder case, it was uh, a great case, and um, Steve Dever was our opponent. We we'd use uh, Bill Evans. He's a phenomenal polygraph person out of Akron. And our client came up uh, that that he was he didn't do it. So, um, you know, I said to Paul, let's uh, let's see if we can get uh, you know the coroner's office to see if well let's see if the coroner's office took DNA swabs, which they had, and then we were able to have them compare our client's uh, DNA. He was excluded as a contributor, and then we we knew who the guy was who killed the girl. And uh, we were able to get him to come to court. All we had to do was issue a subpoena. And uh, the detective went, put him in custody, took his blood, 
and uh, it proved that he was the killer. Really? Really. So, you know, wow. instead of using, you know, everybody fears scientific uh, evidence. Uh -huh. I say embrace it. Use right. it to Regardless of what side you're on. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? A hundred percent. DNA is relatively new. I mean, how, how many years would go to this? I'd really say 25, 30 years. It's not relatively going down new, that, but, it's, but, it's, but it's improved quite a bit. Significantly. So the D, so the uh, Innocence Project is now using DNA to help exonerate clients. And, and you have people who've spent 30 years in prison who are just being released. I know. I mean, could you imagine? crazy, man. You see it here in Ohio. I've seen a few of them on the Plain Dealer. Quite a few talked in about. Ohio. Yeah. Have you and been a part of those at all? Not these. Not no. the recent ones? Okay. No. And um, you know, could you imagine spending your life, thirty yeah. years of your innocent life, in prison? And some people have been oh. killed. The death penalty has been imposed upon people who've been uh, proven to be upon innocence. Yeah, crazy. Really? How many? I mean, what's the number? Do you know? I don't know the exact number, but uh -huh. it's it's frightening. That keeps you motivated. That keeps you going. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, man, that's intense. Isn't that's got to be very intense. There's nothing worse. I mean, there's there's some bad things out there. That's one. Of, that's at the top of the list. Losing your freedom, losing your life, for something you didn't even do. Could you hey, imagine the frustration? You got to look at the good side. You you had lawyers and laws and judges out there, and that you know Mike O'Malley, the prosecutor now, the county prosecutor has a has a death penalty integrity unit that does independent parallel investigations, and you know if they find out that the case was bad, they'll dismiss the charges. I mean, the they, prosecution. The, yeah. So, yeah. um, so they good for them. That's huge. It's a, you know, it's about justice. It's not all yes, about. It's winning. not about winning and losing, right? No. Um, did you watch Making a Murderer on Netflix? Yeah, you I did. was not that impressed with you it. You weren't. It was too sensationalistic. Really? Nah. Yeah. It was just a little bit not exactly fully. Well, real, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, the reason it's on Netflix is because it's sensationalistic. Uh -huh. If it was a boring case, it wouldn't right. be on Netflix. But, right. Um, you know, but there's a I, lot to that, that. That's a crazy story. Crazy story. Beyond, I mean, you can't write Beyond that belief. script. No, you cannot write that script. That's just still have no idea what happened in my mind. I can't reconcile a lot of of, of you know the confession versus the truth. Who, right. It's, um, it's still one of those mysteries, huh? It, Even in my mind, it is after everything. Yeah. In my mind, it's it a is. crazy story. They're like parading him around town, and when he's finally innocent the first time, right. And then within, with the, he's with the governor, and, and then within what days or weeks? He's right, he's behind bars better, again, again for murder. Freaking crazy! They did a podcast, serial podcast serial. in Cleveland this year, right? right? Out of Cleveland last year. It was this past year, okay. Was, no, or last two two thousand eighteen. Two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen. Okay. Did you listen to that at all? I did. Somewhat. Yeah. I did, and, and I. This is I your. This never, is your world. I had never heard of it. Yeah. And uh, so I was driving. I have a case up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I'm driving up to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And a friend of mine from Israel calls me and says, uh, and asks about a certain judge, Judge Daniel Gall. Yeah, says, yeah. Have you, do you appear before the crazy MF? And I'm like, all the time. And he's not an MF. And I said, what do you mean? And, and they, he explained to me what this serial was making him out to be. And I said, listen, it's like Stockholm Syndrome, <laughs> you know. The most bizarre becomes my reality, uh, and um, his bark is worse than his bite. Judge Gall puts more people on probation, has more faith in people than most other judges, and instead of simply throwing the guy in prison, he gives them chances. But he yells at them. He yells at them. Right. I mean, that's the punishment. So they're that using that personality of his to make him out to be like the so devil. So they make him look out like demon. he's a racist, 
and he's not a racist. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He really and it's and I said to, I said to my friend, um, you know, he's not a racist. He's a hardworking judge, and uh, he really wants to help people. So so then I started listening to this podcast, and you're like, wow, I could see what you're talking about. No, here. I was really pissed off. Yeah, I was. I, I was outraged because they made my life look like a mockery. Really? Yeah. So this lady, well, I forget her name, comes to Cleveland. Uh, and so my wife said, oh, let's go see her down at play, Playhouse Square. So we go down there. And for like an hour and a half, all they did, all she did was mock the judges, mock the defense lawyers, mock the prosecutors, mock my whole life. She made my whole life seem like a piece of shit. Was she an attorney? No, she's a journalist. So um, I was I was fuming. So, you know, she goes, would anybody like to ask any questions? <laughs> My wife's like, yeah, oh, just sit down and shut up. <laughs> That's funny, man. Wow. So, no, I was, you know, again, sensationalism sells. So she selected some salacious stuff that was properly edited and, uh, you know, presented in a way that was going to, you know, increase her sales right. and her listeners. And it did. It worked. People from, I'm telling you, it I worked. got calls from all over the place. I'm sure. You know, commenting on this, and um, yeah, she may. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine somebody making your existence uh, seem like you? No, that's that happens every day. Don't yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> no, I know. I, right. I no, just think, I can I imagine. I didn't think it would be that public. Very frustrating. Right. It's very frustrating. But <laughs> it wasn't frustrating. It was. It was. It was. It angered me. Yeah, I understand. It angered me. And well, what's frustrating about it is that it's making it seem something that it's not. So let me say this. So as a criminal defense lawyer, I you know I um I always ascribe to a statement made by the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, and that's we as defense lawyers are liberty's last champions. We are the only thing between a client and prison, a client and an electric chair, a client and a needle. We're it, and uh, we are the people who have to fight the fight, fight the facts, fight the witnesses, present the motions, argue the motions. Who have to prevail so to, and to have a person come in and make a mockery of us and say in Cuyahoga County justice doesn't exist that's bullshit infuriating yeah. no it's bullshit because yeah. I'll tell you what we've got a great group of judges that sit on our, our common police court general division we've got 34 fantastic judges we have a great defense bar and you know a great prosecutor's office and I'll tell you it's just you know I'm proud of what I do I'm proud of my profession and um, the whole system as a I whole. Just, I just thought it was an outrageous mockery of my, of my life, of my career, I could my see profession. that. Sure, so, I understand that. So, Absolutely. you know, I just uh, was not very appreciative of what she was doing. <laughs> so, regardless of if you're defending someone accused of murder, someone accused of, uh, you know, fraudulent activities in business, whatever it may be, walk us through. What, what's a general process as a defense attorney? What's your process when you bring the client in from A to potentially to trial, what is that like? Well, there's no general process. I mean, so sometimes I can get a call, uh, you know, at midnight from a client saying so and so has been arrested, and uh, then we just get into, you know, our mode of finding the client, having a lawyer go talk to the client, making sure the police don't interview the client, calling my private investigator. I've got, I've got several. Depends upon the crime. Uh, you know, getting them out there to start interviewing witnesses, to start taking pictures of the scene. To, I mean, just to, to really, I want to be there before the cops get there. We had a case down in Morrow County, which is Mount Gilead, Ohio. Mm. 
beautiful. It is a beautiful little sure. town. Spent two weeks down there on an aggravated vehicular homicide case. And, um, you know, we got the call. Boom, we got it down there. We had our accident reconstruction team down there. We, we had everybody down there. And because we were able to get down there, we were able to win the case. Because the Ohio State Highway Patrol here uh, doctored reports. They changed the evidence. And we were able to show it through all the pictures we had beforehand. No kidding. No kidding. And it was outrageous. It was it was crazy. So was you going. had pictures yeah. that contradicted the pictures that the police were presenting. Yeah. And the evidence that they were presenting. And the reports that they prepared. And the outrageous thing about it is that... We went. We had a preliminary hearing where they had um, wow. OH1s, the reports. And the um, by the time it came to trial, they had already, they had changed them. So I was like, "What are we looking at here? These aren't what you had originally." Oh, we changed it. <laughs> Why did you change it? Oh, because your evidence would show that your client didn't do it. Uh -huh. I mean, it was it was crazy. It was it was in this you know so how how often does this kind of all the time it does all it, the it time. goes back to the the, the uh, making a murder even though it was sensational they were planning shit all I'll over the place what. it looked like I, I I you know I just had a rape case uh, before Judge Nancy Margaret Russo and we were representing a teacher from the Laurel School who was charged with raping a student it involved the Shaker Heights Police Department and um, we caught the detective destroying exculpatory evidence destroying it you know evidence which clearly showed that our client didn't do this she destroyed it disappeared and she knew about it before trial and I firmly believe that the prosecutor knew about it before trial at trial we had a motion to dismiss hearing where the detective said that uh, the prosecutor didn't know about it, but then later at her deposition in the civil lawsuit when we sued her in the city of Shaker Heights. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then she said, oh, no, the prosecutor knew about it. So, And it was never disclosed to us. We had a view. You know, it was just because we go over every piece of evidence, mm -hmm. everything. And so, you know, we're like, well, where is this piece of paper? Oh, it doesn't exist. What do you mean? Oh, it's the same one we had already given you over and over. I'm like, let's just email after email. And we emailed the prosecutor to death and the detective to, I mean, just made a paper trail. And finally, at trial, the complainant comes forward and says, oh, no, it was different. I, it was a white piece of paper. And then I made a different diagram. Do you see it here today? No. Have you seen it since you made it? No. I mean, and the judge just draw dropped on the table it was crazy and you know the prosecutor's office then you know they were defending this action saying, they were defending a... they're like oh okay we did it but so what so what really yeah well the so what was we caught you yeah, well isn't that illegal yeah isn't that, but... is that criminally legal or well, civilly like what is that well it's destruction of evidence tampering with evidence and and isn't that a crime herself. isn't that a crime yeah so if i had done this i'd be you'd be interviewing me in prison right now i'd be wearing an orange suit because you're an attorney doing well it. because i'm a defense lawyer okay but if you're a detective who does this it's okay to do it. it's okay to perjure yourself it's okay to destroy evidence. It's okay to obstruct justice. It's okay. When you say it's okay, there's not laws that say it's not okay? Sure, but the only one that enforces the law is a prosecutor. 
and the prosecutor's not going to go after their They're not going to go their after detectives. their detectives because then no then they'll have blue flu. No police officers blue will flu. ever show up at their hearings or trials again. Wow. Isn't that outrageous? That's, that's, it's such a double that's standard. That's heavy. So my client was facing life imprisonment. Life imprisonment. The teacher. Yeah. Uh-huh. First of all, he lost his job. His wife lost her job. People wouldn't in the community wouldn't talk to them. They they left. They moved. Oh, I can't. Yeah. He became the scourge of the street. And uh, you know, in, in one of the interviews, the detective says to the girl, if you ever she said, Don't worry, if we lose a trial, it doesn't matter because anybody who ever Googles his name, it will come up child rapist, just like Michael Jackson. Really? And this is the lady who destroyed the evidence. The lady who destroyed the evidence yeah. to try to put this guy away. Yeah, and nothing happened to him. Nothing. Is that that's crazy? But his whole life's been changed. Oh, ruined because of it. Ruined. Even though he was found, you got him off, right? Is yeah, yeah. But his life's been changed, ruined forever. At least Absolutely. for a significant portion of time now. Absolutely. No, yeah. He's Jeez, like fifty-four man. years old. You can't reinvent yourself at fifty-four like that. All because of an accusation. All because of a false accusation. A false accusation. Yeah. Yeah. So and, you, and you got him off. He's yeah. innocent. He's proven innocent. Or yeah. he's proven not guilty, whatever it was. Correct. And uh, and, and but, but, got, but society is going to hold him that he's we, guilty we got, forever. You know, we sued. I can't disclose. Sure. But um, So do you no, sue just, the detective or do you sue no, the city? Absolutely. How does that work? We sued the detective in her individual capacity. We sued the city of Shaker Heights. We sued the family. And that right now it's active. So you no, can, it's oh, over. Oh, oh, it's over. Yeah. Okay. No, we won. Of course you did. You guys are the best. <laughs> so how many guys do you how many attorneys do you have now? We've four now. Four, including yeah. yourself. Yep. Okay. And everyone's got their own specialty. How does that work? So I do mostly uh criminal defense, white collar, um, and I do some nasty divorce work. Really? You're getting into involved. No, I've you're, always you're, been involved. You're in that too? Oh, jeez. Nice divorces. We don't those are, those aren't fun. <laughs> <laughs> just nasty. Just yeah. <laughs> crazy shit, man. Uh -huh. You have no idea. <laughs> I've heard so from some people that I know that that do that. So, so nasty yeah. divorces. Yeah. Um, Lear does a lot of personal injury work, um, and Adam Brown helps with licensure uh, defense, and and Brian Murray, he's just brilliant at everything. So, uh, good team, huh? Great team. Paralegals, you have? No, you don't, don't do that. I don't believe in them. What's the why? What is it? What does a paralegal do exactly? I don't know. Besides nothing. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm sure that listen. You know, Baker and Hostetler, they've got some great paralegals with whom I've worked. I just, I can't send a paralegal to court. I can't send a paralegal to visit somebody in the county jail. I can't send a paralegal to an emergency bond hearing. That, you know, I can't, they they, they can't um, prepare a motion to suppress. You know, mostly they, they do a lot of, uh, and, I, and I'm not going to detract from what they do. They do wonderful work. But they they walk motions through. They um, make sure interrogatories are answered. It's, Administrative, it sure. It doesn't fit into my practice. So you guys are hands on with everything. A everything. You guys do it all yourself. Everything, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, man. It's it's a. Uh... So Nathan, when when you come in to uh, <laughs> jump on that. You guys train. are looking there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we're busy. We're busy at our. I place. know you are. So we're growing. Four more and, years. <laughs> yeah, right. Just like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it goes it goes fast, man. It mm -hmm. goes fast, but uh, we actually just recently acquired another business. I read about that. Congratulations! Texas. Thank you, thank you. So, I mean, my my head's spinning these days. That's good. We don't stop. 
So we're, we're, we're almost yeah, as like busy said, as you are. It's so. good to be relevant. It, it is. It is. And I know that you're extremely passionate about this. When you and I have sat down and talked before in the past, this is your blood, sweat, and tears. Correct me yep. if I'm wrong, right? This no, is your. Right. This is. I know you love skiing and you like to travel. You have family and all this stuff. Three dogs, but your passion is your work. Oh, I love my work. Your work is like that's your life. Yeah, that's I'm your never identity. gonna retire. You never. 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 Really? <laughs> Too bad. Right? What's your favorite, absolute favorite thing that you do? Absolute favorite. So my favorite, my the favorite thing I do is when is I spend Shabbos dinner with my family. That's my favorite thing I do. Mm-hmm. Friday night dinner with my family. That's, that's beautiful. Favorite. That is the best. You come yeah, home. I'm totally chill. The, 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 you can smell the, the food. The challah is nice right. and fresh. The candles, the wine. The... What's your favorite thing outside of the family? What's your favorite thing that you do in, a, in your career? If there is anything. In my career? Yeah. Try cases. You, lo- you love trying cases. You love trying Yeah. Yeah. And Riveting. I was... Oh, it's crazy. It's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it's got to be crazy. Yeah. It's it's grueling, it's exhausting, but I love it. Yeah, we, we I was involved in a in a legal matter for our business. We were in a different state. Went there. I had to be a, I was a witness, not even trying the case, but the the energy that I had that night from just being a witness, being prepped. Yes, the whole thing. I couldn't sleep that night. We were so we were so riveted. I was so riveted by this thing, and I was like, man, I can't imagine trying a case. I can't imagine trying a criminal case. Right. Yes, you when, could. When, when you're, I think you can handle it. When you're, when you, when you win a case, yeah, and the, and this client and their family's probably screaming and crying in your arms and hugging you and saying, "Holy shit, you saved my life!" I mean, I, I can't. That's got to be one of the greatest feelings in the world. Do you want to hear something crazy? Yes. It really isn't. It's not. No. Oh, come on, lie to us. I ex- no, I'm it's not lying. No, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> ask, ask, ask my partners. Yeah. I expect to win. I expect to win. You expect to win. I expect yeah. to win. But when, and, uh, but, so when you win and that client's I'm life, not a hugger. Okay, well, no, really, forget about the hugging. Let's pretend. Let's no, pretend he gives you a fist bump. That, no, it, I, I. It's bizarre. You don't feel anything. You're just like I, I just did my job. That's it. Not really. I'm happy, but I'm not like jumping up for joy and shit like that. It's kind of like my, my dad taught me, mm-hmm. and for my next trick. Yeah. You know, he told me three things. You have uh, plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. Be enthusiastic, and don't take this job for granted. All it, it's for your next job. It's for your next trick. It's for your next case. Move on. Don't bask in the glory. So the emotions you kind of keep in check. You keep your emotions in check. Yeah. Throughout the course. Until like, I get home. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're a human being, right? You're a human. Right. But 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 in in all seriousness, though, when that client. After a long, drawn-out... I mean, these things can go years, correct? I mean, this could go on... I was in trial with Judge Angela Stokes for 13 months. Okay. 13 months of my life. Uh Uh-huh. Two weeks on, two weeks off. Two weeks on, two weeks off. And we won that case. And uh, at the end, I didn't think it was such a victory because I didn't think my client should have gone through it. I thought it was a horrible use of resources for the government and for the city of Cleveland and my firm mm-hmm. and um, I mean I was happy with the result I expected the result but um, wasn't jumping up and down I can honestly tell you that I was physically and emotionally exhausted by the end of that case yeah I understand so, what you're saying um, you're unique though I mean I, I, there's 
that's the probably the healthiest way to go about your practice go about your business is to have that kind of mentality because it probably makes you even better well, in the courtroom 33 years there are mm -hmm. very few people in my practice you know I can't believe how old I am and how long I've been doing this but it's been a long time and you know there aren't that many people that have uh, the longevity that that I've enjoyed there are some you know like my mentor Michael Henneberg brilliant man He's still practicing. Mark Devan is still practicing. Jerry Gold is no longer practicing, but I, you know, I talk to him and see him on a regular occasion. Roger Sinnenberg is a great friend of mine. He's turning seventy soon, which blows my wow, mind. That's crazy. Yeah, so I'm. It's um. When I see all these youngsters who aren't so young, <laughs> right? But um, you know, I just keep moving forward. Oh, that's beautiful, man. It's a blast. Where do people uh, reach you guys? Website? What? What's? Where do you guys? So, um, Zuckerman-Law.com, no C, Z-U-K-E-R-M-A-N, hyphen law.com. It's my uh, website. And my, I'll give you my phone is 216-696-0900. My cell is 216-926-9409. Damn, you, folks. You can call you me You got it there. Text him. <laughs> text text him. Tell him you heard him on the podcast. I'll respond. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I, I've, I've, like I said. Right, I'll give you an example. Yes, please. Rover. I represent Rover. Rover from Rover Morning Glory? Absolutely. Okay. He was charged with all these crimes he did not commit. Okay. And, um, you know, we beat the police to everything. I had my investigators go out and buy every video system. Not the video tip, every system. We went to every club, yacht club, restaurant, house in the vicinity of where these allegations arose. We just and you're said, paying how, for this. How much do you want? How much do you want? How much share they were Really? Looking. Yeah. Yeah, and if we hadn't got done that, because we like to affirmatively prove innocence, and so we found video that was able to exonerate my client. What was he charged of? Or he was charged of? with felonious assault, assault on a police officer. He was charged with attempted arson. I mean, he was charged with all this wow garbage, serious shit. Serious shit. He was looking at significant time in prison. Wow. We were able to get, you know, an amazing victory there. So you guys just... are the best, man. You guys are one of the best in town. One of the best. I know you've been doing this for a long time. I've seen you in the papers. I've seen you in the news. I see you guys were recently also uh, on uh, one of the news channels recently, correct? Right, in right. the studio where you just promoting. WKYC. It. They think I represent one of the producers there, so they asked me to come. On. That's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Um, but like I said, man, that's fascinating what you do. That's why I wanted to bring you on here a little bit about your practice. And uh, I guess I'll be watching you for like another thirty or forty cool. years because you're you're not well, you're I, not I'm retiring. Not, I don't think I'll be around that long. Uh, do you do you see the practice getting bigger? What's your plans if you look down the road? Do you mean more lawyers? More lawyers? No, you like no. you like it small like, like this? Yeah, yeah. This is the model that well, works they, for you. You guys. know, they they come for us. It's kind of we're not like an insurance defense firm, right? Where you have you know a, lower associates on it. You know, they come for us and. Uh, you know, once we can't deliver the product, I guess they'll go somewhere And you guys else. are available 24 hours a day. 24-7. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much for coming. Right. I appreciate it. Mr. Nathan, Thanks. be well.